Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, good morning, Blue Ridge Church. It's great to see you. Special welcome to those of you that are streaming with us. And listen, if this is your first time here or your first time tuning in, let me just say thanks. Thanks for taking a chance on this place. Thanks for joining us. We're just glad that you're here. So we're in a series right now called Amazing Grace. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at just how amazing, just how massive, just how big God's grace really is. And so each week we're looking at a different facet or a different aspect of God's grace and then what that does for us. So if you were with us the first week, we talked about God's personal grace, right? He's got a, a, a special piece of grace for me and a special piece of grace for you that's tailor-made for you. And God's grace says we're valuable, we are approved, we are chosen, that we are forgiven, and we're saved because of Him. You know, too often in this life, we look for approval and affirmation from everybody else And we don't listen to what God already says about us. And then if you were with us last week, Matt talked about God's continuing grace, right? Uh, I think he also referred to it as God's sustaining grace, the grace that keeps us going when we're ready to give up in life. We're ready to give up on our faith or we're ready uh, to give up on a relationship or whatever it might be. That part of God's grace that really encourages us and strengthens us in life. And you know, depending on what's going on in our life, it's going to depend on which part of God's grace we're leaning on. You know, one day I might be reflecting on God's personal grace to me and what he says about me. And another day, maybe you're going to be reflecting on God's sustaining grace to get you through. But what we're learning in this series is that that's all God is. He's just grace. He's completely full of grace for each and every one of us. As a matter of fact, Psalm 145 verse 8 says this, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Not only is he full of grace, but that grace says he's compassionate all the time. He's full of love all the time for us. And I think it's really hard for anybody to really grasp what it means to be a Christian it's, it's difficult to understand what it means to be saved until we can understand his grace, right? Grace is really the foundation of our faith. It's what's at the core of our faith. And as we begin to understand more and more about God's grace, and that's why we're doing this series, the more we're drawn to him, right? The, the closer we get to him. It has everything to do with our relationship with him. It's all based on grace. As a matter of fact, James chapter 4, verse 6 says this, And he gives grace generously. The scriptures say God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And we appreciate that. Think about this. Think about somebody who's done something for you recently. Maybe they shoveled your driveway. Maybe they picked your kids up from practice and brought them home for you. Or they covered for you at a meeting at work, or they helped you on a special project. If you wouldn't have known that person, it'd be really difficult for you 
to appreciate what they did for you and realize how generous they were to you, right? It's kind of the same way with God. The more we see what he does and the more we understand his grace, the more appreciative we are, the closer we are to him. The more we see that he does for us, the more we love him because we realize it's completely undeserved. It's completely unearned. He just gives us his grace. And the more he does that, the more we love him, the more we appreciate him, the more we're drawn to him, and the more our relationship grows. James 4.8 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. And then Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says this, so let us come boldly to the throne, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So today, the part of God's grace I want us to talk about and begin to understand is God's freeing grace. The part of God's grace that frees us from our sin. The part of God's grace that gives us an eternal home in heaven when we leave this earth. In Ephesians 2.8, very familiar verse to some of you in the scripture, but it says this, God saved you by what? By his grace. When you believed, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. This is what we've been talking about the whole time. God's grace is free. But today we're going to talk about the freeing aspect of his grace. And I think we read that verse and and most of us would agree with that. If not all of us, we say, yeah, I I believe that. I, I get that. But have you ever really thought about what his freeing grace does for us and what his freeing grace gives us? And the truth is, have you ever lived in that grace, truly lived in God's freeing grace? And if you remember from week one, we talked about how we don't often do that. We don't often live in his grace because in the back of our minds, we think, I got to perform. I got to keep earning God's favor. I got to do more right than wrong so that God will love me. A lot of times we don't act like we're truly saved by grace. We don't truly live in his grace. As a matter of fact, what we do is we we tend to always take our faith back to a workspace system, right? We quickly forget what Christ did for us on the cross and how much he truly freed us. And we go back to this workspace system thinking, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And somebody says, I'm not doing this right. And I got I to change this area and I got to do this. Why is it that we constantly go back to a workspace system? Because we're all doing it. We're all, we all feel guilty and we do this. And why do we do that? And I think it's because we live in a world that's works-based, right? Everything about our culture is works-based. Think about your job for a minute, your career. And generally speaking, the harder we work, the better we perform, generally speaking, the more money we make, right? The more opportunities afforded us. There's nothing simply given to us in life for free. Because I guarantee if you receive something for free, it costs somebody something along the way. But our culture says if we work hard, the payoff generally is more responsibility and more money. 
or you climb the corporate ladder, right? If you work hard on a sports team, maybe you get to start on the softball team or the volleyball team or the football team. If you work hard at work, maybe you get a promotion, you get a raise, you get a different opportunity or special project. If you work hard in the community, maybe you get to hold uh, an elected office. But everything in our culture teaches us from the time we're really small to the time we leave this earth that you get what you work for. That's the world that we live in. And we're taught, hey, you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it, right? If you put your back into it, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish. So what do we end up valuing as a culture? We value hard work, right? We value people's work ethic. And there's nothing wrong with that. But because we live in a works-based culture, it's really difficult for us to understand something that is completely and totally free, like God's freeing grace. Freeing grace goes opposite of every single thing we know and every single thing that we're taught. And so we still think in the back of our minds that God works the same way our world works, and I've got to work, and I've got to perform, and I've got to do, you know, whatever it is, more good deeds than bad deeds so that God's going to prove me and God's going to love me. The whole problem with this is if we don't understand God's freeing grace, then we're going to spend our entire lives trying to perform to please God. And that's not the freedom that Christ wants us to experience. That's not the freedom that he wants us to live in. Here's what we need to understand. We truly are free simply because of his grace, because of his freeing grace. And once we understand that, I'm telling you, there'll be so much joy in our lives when we can truly be free because Christ freed us. It's the most liberating thing in the world. So what we're talking about today God's freeing grace, it is the foundation. It's the foundation of our faith, but it's also the foundation of our relationship with Christ. And maybe, maybe I should have started this series with this talk, but we wanted to first know that we're valued and loved by God and that he sustains us throughout our entire life. But we have to understand and live like Christ truly frees us because he does. John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Christ frees us. We are truly free. Romans 3, 24. And all these verses and uh, the learnings, they're on that Church Center app if you've downloaded that. If not, you can scan that QR code. I I know the folks on our online campus, they have a link to access those notes, but Romans 3.24 says, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So what we have to understand is his grace is completely 100% free. And now they'll tell you there's nothing free in life. This is free. God's grace is free. Now that's also what sets God apart, right? That's what sets the Christian faith apart. Because you could sum up every other religion in the world with one word. And you've heard me say this before, and that word is do. Right? Every other religion in the world you could sum up with the word do. 
But learning number one, Christianity can be summarized with a single word, done. Right? Every other religion, it's based on what you do. It's based on how you perform and how much you give and how much you attend and how much effort you put into it. Christianity, we can't do anything to earn it. It's simply free. Christ bought and paid for our free and grace on the cross. Everything has been done by Christ. That's what sets Christianity apart. It's the only faith that's built on grace. Everything else, it's based on works, which lines up perfectly with our system in the world. And that's why so many false religions make sense to people, because it lines up with what they do every single day. That's why free and grace is so hard to understand. How could it be free? Well, how do you get it? How do we get free and grace? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. Now, let's look at Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Two verses, two pretty common verses. A lot of you have heard some of those verses, but one word, believe. One common word, believe. We have to believe. That's how we receive free and grace. And when I talk about believe, I'm talking about a faith belief. God's free and grace is received by faith when we believe. That's it. As a matter of fact, the NIV version of that same verse, Ephesians 2.8, says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's a gift from God. Faith and belief. Now let's look at Ephesians 2.9, the very next verse. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. In other words, it's not a works-based system, so none of us can boast about it. We can boast about all kinds of things we accomplish in life, but we can't boast about free and grace because it's free. We didn't have to work for it. So faith and belief are the keys. We have to have faith and belief. That's it. Think about it like this. If I had a gift for you, you would, and I don't other than donuts, but if I did, you would have to come to me in faith and believe that I was going to give you that gift, right? It's the same way with God. We have to have the faith that God is going to give us his saving grace. And what does the scripture tell us? What does our own experience tell us? He is going to give it to us. That's amazing. And I love that very next verse, the follow-up verse, where Paul says, you know, you can't brag about it. You can't boast about it. You didn't earn it. Can you imagine if we could earn our salvation? How arrogant people would be. I mean, we're arrogant enough as a society. Oh, I got to heaven because I gave a lot of money. Right? Or I got forgiveness of my sins because I bought my neighbor a new car. Or I got into heaven because I never lusted once. It doesn't work that way. The only thing we can do is accept it or reject it. Right? And when we accept it, we should be grateful for it. But then God wants us to live in it. He wants us to live like we're free. So learning number two, a lot of us know the gifts 
that come from God with free and grace, but we struggle to live in them. We struggle to live in them. Again, our tendency is to take it back to a works-based system. We are free, so we should live like we're free. We shouldn't live like we're a prisoner. Christ truly wants us to live in that freedom that he bought and paid for us. Romans 4.16a says, So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. All throughout the Bible, you can see people in the Scripture who received grace and received favor from God freely. Noah, Genesis 6-8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's Abraham and Esther and Ruth and Lot and Jesus' mom. The list is endless of who received grace and favor from God. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. So the Bible says that God gives us his favor. He gives us his grace. He comes to us and says, hey, I'm going to bring you into my family. God desires a relationship with everybody. I want you to be a part of my family. You have found favor with me. And I'm offering you my free and grace. All we have to do is accept it. We have to have faith and we have to believe. I think the, the, the best picture of God's free and grace in, in the scripture, or one of the best, is a story in, in the book of Luke. There's three stories in Luke chapter 15, and it is absolutely my favorite chapter of the Bible, but the story of the prodigal son. And some of you have heard this story. Others of you, you have it, but I'll summarize it for you. So there's this dad who has two sons, right? An older son and a younger son. And the younger son's a little bit of a, a rebellious spirit, an independent spirit, and He's ready to be out on his own. He's ready to call his own shots, live somewhere else, you know, be out of the house, make his own calls. And he approaches his dad one day and he says, hey, dad, I want my half of the inheritance now. And back in the Jewish culture, that was a no-no. You, you don't do that today, all right? Kids don't try that because the answer is going to be no, right? But he goes to his dad and he says, I want half my inheritance now, and the dad gives it to him. So he runs off, you know, to another town, another land, and he goes crazy. Probably buys a new car. Sure, he gets the iPhone 13, gets tickets to the Adele concert, and then it gets canceled. But, you know, then, you know, he's eating out every night. He, he's living large. He's partying. He's got all his friends around him. He's got all kinds of money. He's probably paying for everything. That's why he's got friends all around him. And then one day he realizes he has no more money. He realizes he spent his dad's entire inheritance. He's broke. He's, he's financially hit rock bottom. But he didn't just hit rock bottom financially. He hit rock bottom physically and mentally and relationally and probably spiritually. And he starts to get hungry. And so... He takes a job feeding pigs, which for the Jewish custom, you, you, you did not get around pigs, right? That, that would defile a, a male Jewish man, a male Jewish man. I guess that's right. Um, and you just wouldn't do it. But that's the job he takes, and he gets so hungry, he starts to eat the food that he's feeding the pigs. 
And the scripture says one day he comes to his senses. He's like, wait a minute. Dad's got all these servants that work for him that are living a lot better life than I am. I'm going to go home and I'm going to repent. I'm going I'm to admit my fault, my stupidity, and I'm not going to beg dad to put me back in the family as one of his sons. I'm just going to ask him to give me a job as one of his servants so I can at least eat. So he heads back home. And the Bible says that dad sees him coming from a long ways away, which is a, really a, a picture for us in the scripture that dad's been looking for his son to come home. Maybe days, maybe weeks, could be months, we don't know. But he's been watching for his son and he sees him coming from a long ways off and the dad takes off to meet him. And when he gets there, what's he do? He embraces his son, he kisses his son, he welcomes his son home. He even tells his servants, hey, go get some clothes, go get the the family ring, you know, go kill the calf. We're going we're gonna to have a party because this lost son of mine has come home. He's been found. And you and I, you know, he gets nothing, no lecture. No, I told you so's. And, and we look at that and we're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. If that was my kid, right, I'd, you know, whatever. At least, uh, you know, punishment, a strong lecture, something. The son got none of that. All he got from his dad was grace. And this is a perfect example of God's grace in the Bible. It's a perfect example of God's freeing grace to us. The son didn't hear from his dad, "Ah, you went down sin's path too far. You squandered half of what I spent my entire life working for. He didn't get any day. He just got free and grace, just love from his dad. And that's a picture for us in Scripture of how God is for us. He just wants his children to come home. He just wants his children to have a relationship with him. So learning number three, freeing grace means no condemnation, no judgment, and no unforgiveness. We're not going to get any of those things. We're just going to get grace. Again, that's all the dad gave him. And what's crazy is this freeing aspect of God's grace, it's available to everyone. No matter where they live, no matter where they were born, no matter how much money they make, no matter what their education level is, it's available to everyone. But I'll tell you what our tendency is. We get that freeing grace and we start having a relationship with Christ and we want to crank it up on the next person. Churches are famous for this, right? Oh, well, you need to do this and and you need to start doing this and you need to stop doing this and then maybe you can come to Christ. Doesn't work that way. It's available to everyone. Think about that. Very few things in this world are available to every single person on the planet. Right? You may think, well, water is. No, it's not. Clean drinking water is not available to every single person on the planet. Not in abundance. It's the only thing that's available to everyone. Because think about it, we're limited by where we live and maybe how we were raised or how much money we make or what our wealth is. 
But God's grace is free to everyone. Anybody can have his grace. Doesn't, God doesn't play favorites. God doesn't say, well, this group and, and not this group. Regardless of your background, regardless of your status, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done, freeing grace is available to all of us. It doesn't even matter if you've ever been to church. Today may be your first time tuning in or, or showing up. Maybe you spent your entire life in church. Doesn't matter. God's freeing grace is available, and it's ours for the asking. Because the door was opened for us by Christ to that freeing grace. Right? Acts chapter 15, verse 7. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and belief. Now you think about it. The, the Gentiles were anybody who wasn't Jewish. You were either Jewish or you were a Gentile. That was everybody else. And everybody knew that uh, the Jews were God's chosen people. But because of Christ, the door was opened to all of us for freeing grace. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Christ. So freeing grace, the only way we get it is through Christ. And I keep saying freeing grace and grace is free, which is 100% accurate, but it's not cheap. Right? We learned week one that Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. He gave his life so that we could have freeing grace. So it's free, but it's definitely not cheap. Romans 5.15. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Listen, if we could be saved and if we could get to heaven based on our own merits, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come, right? If we could earn salvation and earn forgiveness of our sins based on how we performed, and how nice we were in the things that we did, then the cross wasn't necessary. Jesus didn't have to give his life on the cross. But there was no other way to buy our freedom. So we're either going to get to heaven in Christ or we're not going to get there. We're either going to be forgiven of our sins in Christ or we're not going to be forgiven of our sins. And that's that's the whole message right there. That's the good news. Let's look at another verse. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. That's separation from God after we physically die. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the only way we get it. And that eternal life, it's forever. It's permanent, right? It's for all of eternity. Nobody can take that 
away from us. What's eternal life? It's what happens when we leave this earth. We spend the rest of eternity with the Lord. It's a place where we're reunited, right, with loved ones who have accepted Christ. It's a place with no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more loneliness. But there's a catch. And and it wouldn't be right for me to, to talk to you about freeing grace if I didn't tell you about the catch. And it's the same catch I'm going to tell you every week of the series or Matt's going to tell you every week of the series. It's the same catch you'll hear me talk about on a, a lot of Sundays and the catch is this. You have to accept it. You have to accept it. Nobody can accept it on your behalf. Your mom can't accept it for you, your dad. Your husband or your wife can't accept it. We have to accept God's free and grace while we're here on this earth. We have to start that relationship with Christ. It's that simple. And I'm telling you, there's no better deal available. I love to wheel and deal. There is no better deal than this. Maybe you're thinking, well, uh, Scott, you, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know anything about my past. If you're thinking like that, I get it. That's the way the prodigal son thought. But you're missing the point. God wants his children home. He wants us to come to him, and he accepts us wherever we're at. That's what freeing grace is all about. And God's amazing freeing grace, it's available here and now. Maybe that's why he brought you here today or why he had you tune in today. I don't know. I don't think anybody is here by accident. I don't think people tune in by accident. If they did, I'm really sorry if you're looking for something else. But it's available right here and now. And so I want to encourage you, don't let that pass. Accept God's free grace. It is a free gift. You don't have to do anything for it other than to accept it and then live in it. Live like you're free. And maybe, maybe you're already a follower of Christ. Maybe you've been in church your entire life. Have you ever really, truly lived in the freedom that Christ offers? Commit today to live in that. Because if the Son sets you free, you're free. You need to live like you're free, not like you're in bondage. That's what Christ desires. Let's pray together. God, your grace... First of all, we know in this series we're doing, we're never going to be able to understand it completely. We're just trying to take parts of your grace and understand it and live in it. Lord, thank you that your grace is free. Thank you that it's not inequitable like this world that we live in, that anybody can have it. It's theirs for the asking. Lord, forgive us when it's hard for us to understand because of the world we live in, where we work for things. But maybe you're here today and watching or listening and you've never said yes to Christ. Maybe you have been brought up with that mentality that you have to do certain things before he'll love you and before he'll accept you, before he'll invite you in. I hope you know today that's not the case. Give your life to him. Just invite Christ into your heart. 
And if you're already following Christ, can you commit today to live in his freedom that he bought and paid for for you? To stop putting yourself in bondage and stop putting shackles around your arms and your legs, holding you back. Live in the freedom that Christ gives us. Jesus, thank you for our freedom. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our eternal home in heaven. We love you and we praise you. Amen. As we finish up today, just a couple of things. One, you're going to have to take a lot of donuts home, all right? So make sure you take a couple. You'll th- Listen, you will thank me about 6 o'clock. You're like, man, I wish I would have listened and taken a donut. I'd like to have another one of those donuts. So make sure you do that. Uh, finish filling out those connection cards uh, electronically. Uh, we're not going to chase you down or show up at your house or anything, but if you invited Christ into your life for the first time, would you let me know that, and I'll send you something in the mail to help you on your journey and your next right steps. Group signups are going on now, so I encourage you to go to the website, blueridgechurch.com. You can also go to that church center app and look at the groups that are going to be offered this season. Groups are only six to ten weeks long, depending on your group. It's a great way to connect with other people. As we grow larger on Sunday, it's a way to grow smaller in community. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of our groups, we have a, a blood drive group, and all they do is work blood drives. Well, we had a big blood drive here Friday uh, with the New River Valley Health Task Force, kind of uh, headed this thing up, got our volunteer team to serve, got the Red Cross engaged, and they were able to collect 112 units of blood for our community, which was huge, yeah, and a big shortage, and really filled a major need. And the the task force wanted me to make sure that I let you guys know how much they appreciated using the church and, and how many people came out to give and to serve. That's what groups are all about. Some groups are for study. Some groups are simply for fun. Others are for service. So I encourage you to check those out. And if you're worshiping through generosity, you can do that online through that church center app or in the black boxes in the back. I hope you're looking forward to either not watching the Super Bowl or watching the Super Bowl. Whatever your your deal is, I hope you're looking forward to a nice, chilly Sunday afternoon. You can kind of just cozy up and, and hang out at the home. But I thank you so much for being here, and we will continue this series next week. God bless you guys. Have a great week.